Hello and welcome to episode 217 of the Spruce and Bruce podcast. My name is Dave and I'm joined once again by Matt. Hello. And Jay. Hello. Sadly, Andy isn't with us this week as he's feeling a bit under the weather. Hope you feel better soon, Andy, and join us on the next show. Um, now, it has been a few weeks, actually, since we've done a podcast. It's been a, a busy old time, hasn't it, for Spruce and Brews HQ? It has. But we are going to be back to regular shows again. I know we said that like the last couple of shows ago. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, June, June, July is always a busy one for the show. And with um, Indomitus, not Indomitus, Leviathan, Leviathan and all the yeah. other cool stuff coming out, it's been, it's been a little bit busy. But hopefully we should be... Uh, back on track because uh yeah. i missed doing the podcast guys yeah I've, I've missed it as well it's, it's always fun getting to chat to you guys about some geeky stuff i know we do it out of um podcast as well but it's more fun doing it uh, on this um, it's and, the news and... i miss the news <laughs> <laughs> uh and actually we, we've come we've we're, we're coming back with a good episode because we've got plenty to talk about and um, first and foremost we have an interview with ali and james from the battle box later on in the show um it's a new we basically call it like a loot box. box yeah service which is focusing on the hobby so we're going to chat to those guys later and um, we've also got a preview to talk about uh this past weekend it was the not 40k warhammer preview um spoilers alert there's no warhammer 40k pre- uh, stuff in there but there was plenty of other things which we're going to chat about later on um, unless you've been sleeping under a rock, uh, Leviathan is now out. So Matt asked, whenever the last podcast was, um, that the top three for this podcast would be our favourite models from that box. It's a really so, hard one. It's a it very hard a, one, that. It is a hard yeah. one. So we'll be discussing that towards the end of the show. Uh, and we also have a bit of, bit of news as well, don't we, Matt? Mm, yeah, a few, little, a few little bits of news, but uh, obviously the bulk of it's going to be in the Not 40k preview, which is yeah. super exciting. Excellent. Um, but before we get stuck into all of that, it's been a few weeks, so surely we must have been doing some hobbying. Isn't that right, Jay? Let's start with you. <laughs> Joe, actually, thinking about it, my hobby has just been blood angels in various <laughs> forms. Okay. Actually, no, that's not all. That's not all. I have done another bit of hobby. So we were very lucky to be sent from um, um, Parabellum the Wardron one-player starter set. So these are this are, so so conquest is it last argument of kings? It's mm. a um, it's sort of like where you could get your Warhammer Fantasy old world fix, isn't it? Rank and file um, battle game where you yeah sort of... yeah rank and file. But I think it's I think it's got enough to kind of differentiate itself from mm. Warhammer as well. With a really interesting mechanic where different units are weighted differently. So you've got light units and heavy units, and that will determine the kind of like how quickly they get onto the battlefield, which I think is a really nice kind of mechanic. Yeah, it, it's really cool. And you have like your cars, don't you, for your different regiments. Um, so I've been putting together the plastic models from that set. You get, I think it's 30 something. Yeah, 31 miniatures in the army. And they're sort of a cross between lizard men and orcs in the sort of fancy sort of yeah, archetype. Yeah, kind, of, kind of remind me of World of Warcraft trolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're really, really... Um, interesting sort of aesthetic to them really um the scale is slightly bigger than than what we're you perhaps used to with games workshop models um which is also great because there's a lot of detail on these models and they're gonna be really really cool to paint i think yeah um, this is the first like new cause I, I kind of refer to new parabellum stuff and old parabellum stuff where the sprue designs and in the kind of technology that they've gone into making the molds is improved like massively since that first 
kind of starter box if you've only dabbled in it then and these are you know getting on par with like gw kits for kind of like detail and molding and they look incredible don't they jay yeah they're really really nice so i've not managed to put them all together yet um they're a, a bit more complicated to build than, than games workshop kits um but there's, there's you know there's nothing too too tricky um and um I really like them. So in the box, you get like a sort of character. I think they're called a predator with a crossbow. Really, really cool model. Um, you get a selection of different sort of infantry with um, slingers and javelins and spears and shields. Um, and then you get um, a couple of units of dinosaurs. So you've got some, uh, if you if you think of the sort of, um, are they the agredin, agrelin, the um, uh, car, um, the velociraptors. <laughs> yeah, they're like that, but they're like twice as big. Um, yeah. And then you get like some uh, hunting packs as well, which are some smaller sort of like contagnates, if that's how you say it. Compies, compies, from compies Park, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm putting these together. They they they've sort of been while I've in between painting Blood Angels, I've been building them, and um, I'm really looking forward to actually getting them on the table, Matt, and just having, yeah, having a game. The game's it, really fun. And... I, I've been putting together the Parabellum very kindly sent us a load of um, um, uh, city state, the the newest kind of Grecian faction. And they're really nice too. So I think once we've got those built, Jay, we'll have a bit of a game, and I think we'll film it as well. I said we'll um, we'll do some battle reports on it because I think it should be a fun one to play through. Yeah, I, I um, I, I, it's definitely um, we'll uh, fill that that Warhammer Fantasy sort of gap, scratch that itch. I think so. Hmm. Um, yeah. So that that's one bit of hobby I've been doing, and then um, in parallel to that, um, there's been a couple of other Blood Angels projects I've been working on. So we went to um, the Warhammer World. Um, kill team narrative event escape the galadark um a couple of weekends ago and to that event i converted up a chaos legionary kill uh, kill team to look like blood angels so i mixed a lot of the old sort of blood angels firstborn death company bits primaris range sanguinary guard to convert up sort of a, a blood angels kill team um and then we took them to the event and then we've also got next weekend, me and Matt are the, at the Warhammer World again <clears throat> for the Horus Heresy doubles event. 1,500 points each. And I shall be bringing the Sons of Sanguinius to that. So as we're sort of podcasting now, I am uh, working on my, um, I like to call him the Jump Dreadnought. He's basically, <laughs> I mean, a Blood Angels Dreadnought with a jump pack on him uh, who will be in my 1,500 point army. So yeah, so that's that's been my hobby really. Excellent. Yeah, you've been really busy with Blood Angels. And and honestly, Jay, your kill team looked amazing. Oh, cheers, Dave. Yeah, I really enjoyed using them. They were good. I mean, I didn't have much success over the course of the weekend. Um, better than I did. All, the, <laughs> all of the Blood Angels died when they were trying to escape the Galadark. So, but I mean, that seems to happen a lot to me at narrative events. I remember, I think it was in the second game, my um, kill team leader, um, he, he he was obviously a casualty in that match, and then you roll dice at the end to see whether they take a battle scar. Of course, mine just died, so <laughs> it took me the entire weekend to get my it's leader a big back battle up scar. To... That is Jay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> back to where he was at the start of the weekend. So, there you go. We'll, we'll we'll actually cover um, Escape from Galdark in a little bit more detail towards the end of the segment because I think we're all like to kind of chip in and, and kind of chat about the the event because it was a, it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Um, Matt. Aside from Gallo Dark, uh, what have you been doing these past few weeks in the hobby? What have I been doing? So I've been up to a fair bit as well. So uh, we've very kindly sent two of the new Dawnbringer boxes. Well, four of the new Dawnbringer boxes, but I painted up two of them. The uh, the Herald of Decay, 
the new mounted Nurgle character and the Marrow Scroll Herald for the Flesh Eater Courts. <coughs> and I've got to say, they are both absolutely gorgeous kits and were a joy mm. to paint up. The um, the Nurgle character and horse is one of my favourite models I've painted for a long time. And it has a very old school vibe to it, that one does, it I think. Does. It does. I, I think a lot of people might pick this up um, for use in the old world. Yeah. It'd make a really nice Nurgle sorcerer on horse for classic Warhammer. So he looks really good. And again, the new Flesh Eater Courts, the, the poor Flesh Eater Courts, they had some amazing like characters and stuff. And the uh, the infantry kit out of Warcry, they just need those basic ghouls like bringing up to date, don't they? Or we were chatting off, off air a, a little while ago about you can have really cool things such as um, Bat Cavalry. Bat as, Riders, like, a flesh yeah. Eater analog to the uh, Pegasus Knights. How yeah. cool would that be? That would be ace. So I'm kind of really excited. Obviously, uh, we could, they, they came in the big um, Dawnbringer boxes, so I've got a load of stuff to, to build up, and I'm quite excited to get in there. The Flesh Eaters ready, because they're probably going to get a box at the end of the year. Um, so, yeah, really, really enjoy doing them. And then I've also been working on my white scars for my half of the um, the uh, Horus Heresy doubles. And to say that I've cut it quite, um, <laughs> quite close to the line is a bit of an understatement, but um, the entire army is built and it is sprayed. And to be fair... It, because the white scars and, and the main colour is white, isn't it? So I've sprayed them um, trench brown from Colour Forge and then matte white from Colour Forge, targeted and angled so that there's always a bit of brown kind of in the recesses underneath it. And that kind of gives me my white already. So all I need to do is block in the metallics, block in the, the bits of red, really. I might do some dags and stuff. Um, yeah. I've actually found a transfer sheet, and they've got, like, um, kind of Chinese pictograms um, for denoting different squads. Oh, so cool. I might actually do them on, on, like, the front right of each jetpack, kind of like um, kind of the nacelle on the front of it, to kind of differentiate which squad's which. Like they've got kind of like a kind of tribal kind of look to them. That's cool, and I think the the red um, sort of spot color will look nice against the white as well. Yeah. So so and I've got a week and a day to. If paint anyone them. can do it, Matt, you can do it. Yeah. Matt. Well, I'm certainly going to try. The, the backup plan is Sons of Horus, led by um, Garvey or Loken. Uh, but, but I'm hoping I get these done. I should get them done. Uh, get some painting done over the weekend. Get some painting done. As long as you don't bring traitors, I'm happy because I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure you, we could we could do loyalist blood angels and traitor sons of Horus, but I, I'm pretty sure none of our units will count as scoring. <laughs> no, they won't talk to each other. So no, I'm really happy with them. I'm looking forward to expanding these to three thousand because we've got tickets to another yes. event in uh, September. Is it? And basically, I need to. I so I don't. I, I must be some kind of like masochist or something because i built an army of um chariots i built yeah this was six boxes of jet bikes i want to say and i think that's why no one else can get them this is why no one else can get them yeah i've got another five on order from element but i've been on order since like january when i thought of doing this army <laughs> um so when they arrive um i've got enough jet bikes to do pretty much a full three thousand point jet bike mounted army which will look amazing yeah, but really i don't cool. think i'll ever want to build another jet bike in my life once <laughs> they're done the thing is if you're playing white scars you've got to lean into the jet bike so as you may as well play a different legion yeah and it, 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 i'm really happy now they're built they look they look really cool so i'm going to put some magnets on the bases and put some magnetic sheeting in the bottom of the case because yes i'm not having these boys come off their bases because they're going to be a nightmare to fix mm. 
Yeah, they look amazing, Matt. And I'm I'm sure you've you've done this on purpose just to really test your painting um speed because we all know you can paint armies really quickly and you've given yourself a big deadline. But you'll do it. I've got faith. Um you'll you'll do it. You'll do We're it. I'm not scared. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that I guess that moves over to me. What have I been doing in the hobby? And there's there's quite a bit going on at the moment. But the main things to touch upon is you mentioned Dawnbringer boxes, uh, Matt. You kindly allowed me to paint um, the other two. So first of all, we had the Rumble. I think he's called the Rumble Rouser. Uh, the Rebel he's Rouser. the new the, Re- the Rebel. The Rebel what, Rouser. He's a Rabble Rouser. He Rabble Rouser. up the it. goblins to. Uh, <laughs> That's the yeah. Bad, yeah. Um, so um, it's funny actually because I've been really tempted to start a Gloomspite army and this was the perfect model to kind of test out a scheme on. Um, I was quite happy with how he turned out. Um, he's a great little character. He's a little bit fiddly to build, uh, I'll be honest, um, especially his like skull kind of helmet that he's wearing. Um, but he's a really fun and characterful model. Um, but then uh, I also got to paint the Grimhold Exile, which is the new Fire Slayer character and he was really nice to paint to the point of which i suddenly all wanted a fire slayer army um i was really happy with how he turned out i think um he's probably one of the best models i've painted um i was really proud of that one he's on uh he's on the social media isn't he dave you've posted him he on, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's really cool I, I when when i saw this model in the whatsapp chat i thought you'd done a cracker and i think even the uh, the basing that you've used on it really cool with like the lava effect the fire yeah, you effect. went to you went to impressed because the, the, it hadn't crackled really but i think it kind of looked like kind of like cooling magma then didn't it yeah, yeah so I, I basically it's the same basing scheme as my skaven um but instead of like the warpstone green glow underneath the crackle paint i went for a fiery red um, and for some reason, even though I've painted over 2,000 points of Skaven and never had any problems doing the bases, these bases didn't crackle as much. Um, but as Matt quite rightly just said then, I think it, it still works. Happy it accidents. Looks, yeah, happy accidents. I, I really like the law for this guy. So he's he's the Grimhold Exile because he is the last dwarf from a magma hold. The final mm. dwarf, he's as the, the 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 hold started to fall, he's gone into the heart of it, and he's got the the flame of that that um that hold, and he's going out to basically recolonize, and it's like a reverse layer. So rather than being forced out because he's you know committed oh, a, right. a heinous crime, he is the last member of his clan, and he's basically mm. holding the last flame of the forge and kind of fighting for that in memory of them. Mm. Really cool law. That is mm. cool law, actually. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's very, very cool. Um, so, yeah, that that's... Um, they're two characters that I've, I've really enjoyed kind of painting. Um, like the rest of the guys, obviously, I had to finish my Inquisitorial Warband for Kill Team. They were an awful lot of fun to paint. Um, and I did the bases and finished off my casket. And I did really want to paint um, some of the Scions and maybe Sister Silence to go with them as well. But I didn't quite get round to those. Um, more recent, though... Um, see, you guys have been talking about the heresy quite a lot, um, and I, I did start a Dark Angels arm, which kind of turned into a, an Iron Wing kind of force. Um, but I don't think, looking back, I don't think I was ever really committed to the cause. You know, you guys have mentioned playing games of heresy. I was like, yeah, sure, that sounds good. Um, and then my birthday was not all that long ago, um, and I was gifted a lovely Warhammer print of the Primarch Lorgar. By, oh, my, oh uh, by my oh, no. sister and I, I was like this this is, I, I like this this is a really nice print and then it got me looking at some word bearers and then we went to warhammer world for the kill team tournament and i came away with a terminator praetor of the world bearers for the heresy 
He's now built and sprayed and ready to be painted. I've started reading the first Heretic. I've absolutely fallen down the rabbit hole of the word bearers. I love them. How how have I not been interested in this faction before? <laughs> um, to the point where me and Matt are going to a doubles um, tournament in a couple of weeks, and I even looked at doing a word bearers 40k army, but that's I can't pay as quick as Matt. That's not going to happen. But the fact that I nearly did just shows um, how how much I've fallen. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to. It. I've kind of dug out all my unpainted heresy stuff. They've all found a place in the cabinet, and they're all going to be sprayed. Um, ruinous red from um, from Colour Forge and be painted as as word bearers and I, I absolutely cannot wait um, I'm really looking forward to get stuck into those but I, I do have to kind of I'm going to have to put them a little bit on the back burner because I do need to finish uh, my guard for said doubles tournament in a couple of weeks so I'll just have to look at them I'll, I'll, I'll probably get a bit of paint on them but I need to really concentrate on guard these these next um, few weeks, but you guys have got a lot of time to fall. I'm my sister for buying me that print. Uh, and, I'm and so chuffed husband. you into the heresy. I'm so chuffed. And you've got a legions on. None of us have got the word bearers, so it's a it's a new legion to see on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they have cool. a lot of really cool rules and a lot of really cool characters. Um, and I'm aiming for the the right of war that allows you to take the the galvor right, the the possessed basically. Oh, yeah. Um, so um, so yeah, the custody really, slayers. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'll have to be doing that as well, Jay. Sorry to say. You can try. You can try. <laughs> um, so that's that's about it, really. I'm, I'm surrounded by different projects I want to get stuck into, and I'm, I'm having to put them into some sort of priority order, um, which is very, very hard. Oh, one other thing I've done. I've also sprayed some AOS uh, scenery, because I'm going to get some of that done for reasons uh, in the next few weeks oh. as well. Um, so yeah, I think that's our that, that's our hobby update. But as promised, I think we should just um, before we move into the news, talk a bit more about this escape uh, the Gallo Dark um, kill team event that we went to. Uh, it wasn't was it last weekend? No, it wasn't weekend it was before. Weekend before time absolutely flies. Um, so all three of us uh, were there along with um, Andy as well. Jay, you mentioned you took the Blood Angels. I took the Inquisition. Uh, Matt, you took Chaos, I believe. I did. I did the Chaos Cultists. And uh, Andy took along the Intercessors. Um, it was five games over two days. Um, four two-player games. And then one final four-player game at the end. We didn't really know how that was going to work until the actual weekend. Um, in essence, the kind of four games you played two-player we're basically preparing you for the big four play game at the end. Yeah, um, the, the, the four play games from the um, from the from the the last uh, kill team box. Mm. So basically, over the over the course of the weekend, you'd kind of like, I guess it'd be the story of your kill team venturing through the ship and then trying to get off it. What was really cool though, it, obviously, it was a narrative weekend, so it wasn't strictly speaking match play. It's more about the kind of the story and um, the the Warhammer World Events team do some great things with with narrative gaming and they had a kind of a resource that you're trying to collect well, i guess two resources you're trying to collect you're trying to collect codes for the um escape pods which also had other uses in the last game but then also like a, a resource that you could buy kind of things with most interestingly you could trade those in for a drinks voucher at the bar <laughs> this was allowed some of the opponents i played they were like sacrificing the mission objective to try and search as many scrap heaps as they could to collect these stim points so that they could get all the drinks from the bar it's hilarious <laughs> it's a really good idea i don't think they've yeah. done that before have they no, i mean we'll great. see how many drinks they gave away if they do it I know, again, but, uh... find out like what the tab was at the end of the night yeah, at the end of the day 
Um, and what was really cool as well on the Saturday night, they had a um, a pub quiz as well. Oh, what was it? What was the one that got us? It was um, hard. Warp it was coffins. hard. <laughs> warp coffins, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was good fun though. So I um, really really enjoyed the event. I uh, somehow managed to escape from the gallow dark and got a nice little trophy. <laughs> uh, my my chaos cultist made a made a deal with some. I think it was a corn war band. So while they were just like horribly murdering space marines, my guys were just skulking off and getting to an escape pods and escaping from the ship before it uh, oh. hit the proverbial fan. I mean that last mission was pretty cool because you had to <coughs> you had to have collected these. Um... Uh, data cards or data data uh, yeah they were data points yeah. really from terminals and things over the course of the weekend so you, you you went into the final battle with if you if you'd if you'd been quite effective in your in your previous games with a with a stash of these uh data cards <coughs> data codes and then um in the last mission there were um several plasma generators in the sort of um on the board and you had to um, reactivate the plasma generators and that would allow you to uh, re-enable the escape pods um, but you had to consume these data codes to reactivate the the plasma generators, and um, obviously a single player didn't have enough uh, of this resource to enable all the plasma generators. So you had to sort of work with your three opponents to make sure you managed. Mm. Otherwise, no one was getting off the battlefield. And then as soon as the last plasma generator was sort of activated, it was that's it. Well, gloves are off now. It's all fair game. Every man for himself. Yeah, it's a really cool mechanic where obviously. It took an action to get in the escape pod and took an action to launch the escape pod. So you often had the situation where you'd move up, get in it, and next turn you'd launch yeah. it. But obviously your opponent could just drag you out of the escape pod as well. Yeah, I um, I, I, I was good. So the, the Blood Angels, they sort of, um, they, they uh, helped their fellow um, um, Astartes on my side of the board uh, activate the plasma generators again and then I um, I decided to start killing them I tried to take a few models off from each warband I was facing um, unfortunately every time one of my um, space marines got into an escape pod and tried to launch it it blew up so the only space marines that didn't get blown up by the escape pods were blown up by the opponent none of my space marines got off the Galadark I managed to get three of my uh, Inquisition off. I tried to play it a bit narratively because I had like my five uh, Inquisitorial agents and then they had like the, the Karskin kind of as they're filling out the kill team. They were trying to get the Inquisitorial agents out. So even though there was probably a couple of moments where they could have probably jumped in and escaped themselves, yeah. I, I didn't. I let my, kind of my agents. I managed to get three off. Um, I think only one blue. Oh no, I don't think I actually lost any two explosions. I like your your game sounded a lot friendlier to begin with than ours did. Although there was kind of a bit of an agreement before we started rolling dice that we would just get these generators on, and then obviously it would start. That absolutely did not happen. We were, but we're all four of us were. I think a grenade was thrown at me first. Oh, that's uh, it. Yeah, yeah. And then I was there then. It, Honestly, it just he all, throws a grenade. In the end, we did kind of work together to switch them on, but. I mean, I think I'd already lost like four guys by the time that had happened. So um, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty brutal. But I loved the scenario; it was fantastic. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, it was a good event. Been... They had an air horn running around with an air horn. The event staff did. <laughs> um, they had sales. So there was it. What was it? What was the um, the sort of marketplace called? It had a really ah. cool name. Oh, where's me? Have I got me? Where's me kill team? Here it is. I've got the book down here. Let me tell you what it was. Because you get these really cool binders when you go to the narrative events at Warhammer World and full with, filled with all the sort of 
missions and all the sort of um, event specific equipment and rules and things like that. So so we come over by here. You've got these narrative data cards that you could use. Um, so I'm just running through mine here because they're a little like marketplace where you could go and barter and trade in your sort of stims for different um you know they had like equipment sales didn't they and you had to buy um food to keep your kill team going throughout the course yeah. of the weekend the zone of equitability zoe so you could buy food rare equipment medical attention there was even a cloning tube that you could go to unfortunately you have to clone the guys while they're still alive to uh to bring them back it was too late for my poor space marine leader um so yeah, I, I mean, these are my favourite events at Warhammer World, the uh, the narrative events. It's such a sort of immersive weekend and you tend to get a lot of like-minded people there as well. So all your games are very, very sort of narrative and a lot a lot more focus on the story and the drama yeah. rather than the uh, winning and moving up the tables. And, and you know, so sometimes Kill Team can be a bit wonky with the scenery and stuff. I think it's one of those games that works really nicely as a narrative game with everybody in the right kind of like mindset. Yeah, that's it. They lend themselves, don't they? Like I remember there was a really cool my first mission. There was like a, a sentry turret in the corridor and you could sort of um, <clears throat> um, reprogram it to, to work uh, and target your opponent. Then it would go on a cooldown in between rounds. Um, there was another mission where you had to, um, one, one player had to get a sort of patient to a, a medical bay, a surgery table and perform these actions on the surgery table to try and obviously resuscitate this patient or, or, or keep this patient alive. The opponent is trying to get to the patient and execute them. It's really, really cool. Yeah, highly recommend doing them if you do get the opportunity to do one. And speaking of events in the future, we've got a uh, 40k team event coming towards the end of the year. So we're uh, very much looking forward to that one. Oh yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be so cool. Unfortunately, it was, it'd be like the Age of Sigma one we did, but sadly you had COVID, Matt. So hopefully you won't pick it up this time, and you can come and join us. Hopefully, yeah. So that was a bit of an extended hobby update, but we did have plenty to get through, and um, so I hope you guys enjoyed that uh, little chat. But let's get stuck into some real juicy content, and we're going to start with the news, which is coming up next. feels like i've not said this in ages matt what do we have in this week's news well we've got a few cool things in the news uh, a lot of balance updates so 40k has been out what a couple of weeks now uh, leviathan in, in the 10th edition obviously the, the rules have been free on um on warcom as well which is amazing for the new edition and obviously they've done chance to play you know some proper games with it and quickly there's a few things that stood out that um maybe were a little bit more powerful than they they could have been as well so the elder with their strands of fate could do some really kind of like funky things like hit on a six and then wound on a six and use a chain of different dice uh, to to basically do what they like so that's now been limited to just once per phase so elder players are gonna have to be pick and choose when they use those dice i think that's a, a, a good change because i think elder were a little bit over the top when they came out of the gates. Likewise, um, towering uh, units are quite powerful because scenery doesn't block line of sight. So like a normal ruin, you can't shoot through it. Anything with the towering keyword can, uh, which obviously makes you know knights and titans and stuff very, very powerful, and rightly so. But obviously the ability to shoot kind of over terrain is, is quite strong. So 
all majority of units in the game with the towering keyword have gone up in points as have weapons with indirect fire because again indirect fire there is a downside that it's uh, minus one to hit but but you know in most of the lists that we've looked at there's ways of getting that plus one anyway it's normally a heavy you know heavy weapons and all sorts so it's not a massive penalty so those indirect fire weapons have gone up in points as well they've also done a few little tweaks as well some odd bits like in the original indexes you couldn't take plague marines in units of seven for example so that's been updated too so that's i think the the big kind of like revision is coming uh end of july for any kind of like points cuts or kind of knee jerk things that they need to do this was kind of a okay these are clearly wrong out the gate let's address them quickly and i think it's quite good that they've done that to be fair yeah i mean i i yeah the the, the eldar i mean there was a double whammy for the eldar really because they also benefited from the towering rules mm. like imperial knights so there's a particular nasty combo with an eldar wraith knight which is towering so can shoot anything on the board um, and then the combination of devastating wounds and strands of fate mean that you could just pick that six out of your strands of fate dice and do like was it 16 mortal wounds with a ray flight attack on anything above and he gets multiple yeah. shots with that gun and you can use multiple strands of fate dice so they've definitely had to do something about that straight away and i think if you look at some of the um the results that have been posted online eldar are sort of running away with it at the moment and it is early days but there's definitely an issue there now I think it's really good that they've come out straight away and just said, yeah, that's a problem. Here's a fix for it. But it's not the final fix, I don't think. And I'm not sure actually whether it's the right fix really for, for that problem. And it'd be interesting to see what happens over the coming weeks and months. They might tune it. They might come back and say, actually, okay, we need to change that again. But the fact that they're able to do that, it's almost like a living rule set. I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, no, especially you know, with, with points and stuff no longer sitting in the codexes as well yeah it's it, i think with with a lot of the rules being free that's good there's a big question is what what happens when codexes come out is that now locked to the book or is that online too and i guess we'll find that out in a couple of months won't we yeah yeah that's right well i can't remember what the roadmap was now but where the the space marines and tyrannids will be the um the first autumn, autumn i think they autumn are, was it yeah. too far off now is it no so yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. And, and a reminder as well, if you bought the Leviathan <coughs> box, you've got a little code in there with a, with a QR code that if you scan, you can put in the results to decide whether the Tyranids or the Imperium takes the fate of this planet. Now, Dave, we, we had a game the other day, didn't we? And uh, you may be solely responsible for the deaths of thousands of Imperial citizens. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, so it was guard versus Tyranids, two thousand points. Our first proper game of tenth mat, and um, it was it was brutal. Now, disclaimer: I know obviously that clearly I lost. Um, I have probably said on this podcast quite a few times about how badly I've rolled in some games. Categorically, that was probably the worst dice rolling I've ever, <laughs> ever, ever done. In particular, turn two. I don't think I've ever rolled as bad as I did in that game. See, you Matt, were very unlucky. What, what, so what, so Matt, you took, obviously with the new army building rules, you get a lot more flexibility now, and you basically mm. took an army of monsters. Well, and, I, 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 I took a lot of monsters, but I also had a big unit of termagants in there as well for kind of objective holding ability. So you had one, but, but predominantly, if you had 10 units in your army, nine of them were monsters, right? Yeah, yeah it, was, it was very monster yeah. heavy. So, and Dave, obviously, I think you took a more, balanced list in terms of unit choices 
And or do you think the game? So this is what it's really interesting. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know. I, I'm just curious to see because my initial thoughts on the army changes that we saw, and obviously when we saw it at the end of ninth edition as well, was that yeah, you get that extra freedom to build your army. But if you're rocking up to a game with just tanks and your opponent has got a balanced army with some anti-infantry, some anti-tank, it's a bit. It might be a bit squiff. It might be a bit difficult for that army to unless they've got they pack their army full of anti-tank they may struggle and i know there's mm. trades off with objective control and that kind of thing did that play into this game in the result or was it just you were just bad unlucky yeah, with your dice? i, they, they I was think incredibly lucky so if, one example is obviously some of the mission cards that you drew one of the ones that we had is that a unit from your army could sacrifice charging or shooting to place an additional objective on the table. So Dave's army, for example, would be really good at doing that and getting those down. Where I'd have to sacrifice one of my big ribbly monsters in yeah. order to do that. Um, you, you, you were incredibly unlucky. Dave was picking apart the right things and had weapons that potentially could do um you know what are they called um devastating hits where they skip the the wound roll lethal hits so his army if they stood still any hit of six would get through my toughness so even his infantry squads in theory could do damage to these monsters but turn one and two you just rolled ones pretty much didn't you it was ones and twos across the board To, to give you an example in turn two uh, on one half of the board, I had a Rogal Dawn, I had a Vanquisher Lehman Russ, I had a tank commander with a battle cannon, and I had a Field Ordnance battery of rockets. All of that combined did a total of zero wounds. That nice. is how badly I wounded. Um, w- one thing I did, I will know is um, have a look at your weapons profiles because a lot of stuff like multi-melters have stayed around this kind of strength eight and nine. I felt it against some of the bigger monsters at now higher toughness, but it never felt like I couldn't take them down. If I'd have rolled like an average person, um, the game would have been uh, a lot closer. I think, yeah, I, ca- I can't really blame the mechanics. Um, I'm just going to blame my dice rolling. We still had some pretty epic moments. Um, I, I definitely like the, the more streamlined approach. Um, I think stratagems are so much better now. Like, mm. you're looking at your CP and you're like, do I really want to do that? I don't think we spent a, sing- a single re-roll, did we, Matt? Oh, no, I did once. You did. You did because you were frustrated with your rolls. But, yeah, yeah it was it's a limited resource and it, it, the game was really, really fun. I hope you enjoyed the game too, even though it was a bit of a bloodbath, Dave. Yes, I did. I did really enjoy the game. Um, it, it made me keen to, to have another one soon. Um, so yeah, it, it, it didn't ruin my enjoyment of the game. It was just, it was just, I was unlucky, really. Uh, it was cool facing off against all Matt's monsters as well. Cool. So, so obviously we had the, the 40k update. We also got an update for Age of Sigmar too. So the new General's Handbook is out this weekend, I want to see. And there's a focus on magic and all that cool stuff. Um, and today they put up the new battle scroll for this season too. So, yeah, so some some big point swings. So Stormcast, for example, have gone down pretty much across the board. Eidneth Deepkin have had some big point drops as well. Um, yeah, Seraphon, stuff that we expected, like the Aguadons, who were quite expensive, have gone down, where good stuff that was really, really good, like Lord Croak's gone up. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to playing some games with these. Are you... Um, what what are you thinking for this season of um, AOS, Dave? Are you thinking of one of your new armies, or are you getting an old one out to take advantage of this magical madness that'll be going on? Um, oh man, I'm in such a weird place in Sigma at the moment. Um, 
I'm going to say something a bit controversial with obviously 10th edition landing, but I'm actually really into Sigmar at the moment. Um, and I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm completely lost at what I want to do next. I know I want to concentrate on a new Sigmar army and the new, the new general's handbook is a great reason to do that. Um, but I am absolutely torn between fire slayers, Stormcast, gloom spite, slaves to darkness. I, I'm just, I, I don't know which one to go for. Word bearers, <laughs> word bearers in there. Word bearers. Word bearers, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so there's some cool updates for, for AOS on the way with, with that. So check out your army because you might be able to squeeze in a few more units. And then finally, GW really, uh, revealed the new 40k starter sets that are probably not far away now. So obviously the, we've had the launch box, Leviathan. They've done this for the last few games. We get a cool big box of two armies in the core book. And then they bring out the traditional starter sets. And this time, they, rather than give them slightly abstract names, they do what they say on the tin. You've got the Warhammer 40,000 introductory set, which contains a unit of five flamers, the Infernus Marines, <coughs> and a squad of ten termagants, plus a kind of little get started book, a kind of plain surface, dice ruler, clippers, paints, and a paintbrush. So say if like your boys were getting into the hobby, Jay, that seems a much better way to go where it's a unit of space means a unit of tyranids, the paints that you need to paint them. And it's more like the kind of style game you'd play with, I don't know, the contents of one of the part work magazines. Yeah. As a kind of really kind of like, and I suspect that'd be quite a cheap price point as well. Moving on from that, you've got the starter set. This is like the, I guess, the standard starter set for the game where you get a playing surface. You get a unit of Terminators, which is great because those Terminators are amazing. And depending on the price of this, that might be a good source of them. Yeah. Uh, five Infernus Marines, the Captain and Terminator armor facing off against the um, Tyranids. So 20 Termagants in this one, a Wing Tyrant Prime, uh, three Von Ryan's Leapers, and a Psychophage, which I know you love so very much, uh, Dave, mm-hmm. after our game. Uh, you also get like the, 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 the data cards and like an introductory handbook on how to play the game. And then stepping up from that, they've got the ultimate starter set, which uh, contains a couple more units in there. So you get a librarian for the Space Marines and you get the Barb Gaunts for the Tyranids. You also get the core rules as well, which is, I think, the first separate release of the just the core rules in paperback. Mm, so you know, to just fling in your tournament bag, uh, and that comes with a load of the new STC Hab Bunker scenery as well. So I think that's a nice range of starter sets. Obviously, you don't get everything that was in the um, the Leviathan box. However, I believe both forces in the Ultimate Starter set are combat patrols, so you can play using the combat patrol rules too. That's good. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty good. Obviously, I'd probably not aimed at like us, probably aimed more at newbies to the game, but it's, I don't know if you've got a Tyranid army and again, you, you want some of the scenery and stuff, maybe worth picking up for some uh, veterans as well. Excellent. Yeah, plenty of, uh, like you say, erratas and some corrected points and stuff in there. Um, I think it's time we start talking about some shiny new things. What do you think? Oh, Let's yeah, I think ch- you should do. Yeah, absolutely. Let's check out what was in the preview at the weekend. So we'll be right back. <laughs> 
So this past weekend, Warhammer Community hosted another online preview, the aptly named Not Warhammer 40k Preview. So we uh, we got to see a lot of tasty stuff, which we're going to run through now and have a quick discussion of what we think. Matt, I believe you have the running order in front of you, so do, do. you want to take it take us away? So it was exciting that because obviously we've seen a lot of 40k stuff, and to have not 40k stuff is uh, it's quite exciting because there's a lot of stuff coming and. I think, Jay, you certainly were excited for this one because obviously there's a couple of systems that, you know, you're very much into and we're hoping we get some cool reveals here and we'll yeah. find out at the end whether you were, like, excited or disappointed by what we saw. First of all, we're going to visit the Age of Sigmar where really we got the big kind of reveal of the, the Cities of Sigmar and I don't think we've seen everything here. I think this is more a kind of... This the was the content wave. of the launch box, wasn't it? I think we saw it plus was, one of yeah. Models. Yeah, so the, the so the new launch box, and launch box is something they've done for pretty much every new release now in 40k, haven't they? And Age of Sigmar now, where they've got a box with a number of new kits and the book and the cards and all that cool stuff in there. And I've got to say, this one looks phenomenal. So you get two units of the new um, Free Guild Guard. Free Guild Guard, I believe they're called. Free Guild Steel Helms is the new infantry kit. And these are just like the normal dudes that have been conscripted into the militias. It's kind of, do you remember the old like Bretonian kits where you've got the slightly like portly Men looking guy? Yeah. And you, I kind of get that vibe from these. And you, it's like you take that empire kind of aesthetic, but you put it through an Age of Sigmar lens. They just remind me, I don't know why, they remind me of like Discworld Night's Watch. Yeah, the guards, guards. Yeah. Very much so. And it looks like there's quite a bit of customization on these as well, so you can have them looking different. I really, really like them. Uh, there's also a new couple of characters in the box as well. And again, this is a bit of an Empire throwback. Remember when the old uh, Empire General and Banner Bearer came out and you got two characters on the sprue, but they had a load of different bits to make them a few different characters? This seems like the spiritual successor of that, doesn't it? Yeah. Where you've got like a guy with a reliquary and then a guy who could be built as like a dude with a big warhammer or a dude with a sword and shield or a dude with dual pistols. It just looks very, very cool. And I think these kind of customizational kind of character kits is what we've been missing recently. Absolutely. I do wonder if fourth edition of AOS is probably going to be next summer, isn't it? And one of the things we've seen in 40K is, you know, paying points for your, your kind of relics, essentially. I wonder if that kind of comes into into AOS too, where you have a bit of customization with your magic, you know, your spells and your magic items, maybe, and this kind of points to that maybe with the different loadouts. Yeah, um, we also saw a new take on a wizard as well. So an alchemite warforger who is a quote marks wizard from the Gold College of Shaman, but obviously because it's like metallurgy and stuff. He's more of a, I guess, like an alchemist rather than a wizard, isn't he? Mm, he is. Look to me like a tall chaos dwarf. He does look like a tall chaos dwarf. And you know what? You probably want to send some kind of witch hunter around there because. Just to check. You just want to, you just want to make sure that he can't Show be going there. Exactly. He's quite tall, though. Maybe you have to be like, you have to be this high to join the, uh, yeah. the Mage's Guild of Shaman, maybe. Uh, and then obviously the final box in the kit is the new Cavaliers as well, who I think we've seen a single model of, but uh, these guys, again, look really cool with a range of different uh, weapons on them. Again, I've not got a bad thing to say about this box. It looks really, really cool. Obviously all the cards and um, tokens and the, the kind of battle tome comes in there too. So really, really looking forward to that landing. However, 
the big thing that Warcom did show off is uh, I think she's like the, the the general of the um the army that's Nakshi, which I believe is going to be part of the storyline of the Dawnbringer Crusades. Mm. And this is Talia Vedra, the Lioness of the Parch, which kind of sounds like a character from Game of Thrones or something as well. <laughs> but she is riding what can only be described as the most beautiful manticore I have ever seen. Oh god, this mini. It's very cool. Very cool. Like lions are cool and eagles are cool and scorpions are cool. But if you combine them all together and then put like an empire general woman on the top of it who can wield all sorts of different weapons, yeah, this is this is really, really cool. Now I suspect that's probably gonna come a little bit after the uh the launch box, but if that's we you've kind of seen the the, the, the mobile tower, haven't we, with a troll an ogre, sorry, with a kind of a tower on the back of it, and we've seen her. Mm. Can you imagine what kind of cool stuff's on the way for them? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to to, to what we're going to see now. That, that this she's just amazing. That manticore is absolutely superb. She's a reason to collect that army. Yeah, I I mean I'm I'm going all in on the uh, the cities of Sigma. I've already got a cities of Sigma force, but I feel all the old stuff. It's not really going to stand up to the new stuff, is it? Yeah. I, I, I might I think strip it's that, be a complete... that for the old world. <laughs> yeah, I put it on square bases. Yeah. So, so these really really nice. Any of you tempted to start a Cities of Sigma Force then, or are you? Uh, I know you're you you've got temptations for every army at the minute, Dave. Uh, she's amazing. She's absolutely superb. But no, I, I don't currently have a, a, an inkling to get cities, but um, she might have to be purchased at some point. Um, but no, not not right now. Yeah. How about, how about you, Jay? Are you've um, you've I think it's safe to say you'd fallen out of love with Sigma for a bit. Would these maybe turn your head? Um, I, I think they're a very very nice looking range, um, and I couldn't rule out picking a few kits up to paint up um, mm. because they do look like really nice. I love the shields and the armor style um, on the infantry, especially. I really like them. Um, but no, I haven't. I haven't. I, I won't be rushing out to pick up a, a launch box, but I am looking forward to seeing what you do with them, Matt. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for painting them. What I'm also really excited for painting, though, was the next thing that was previewed, and that was the new Serastus Knights. So we saw the Lancer um, at Warhammer Fest, but uh, we were expecting one more kind of knight kit, but they showed off two new knight kits. And I think it has been confirmed these are all separate kits rather than lots of frames in the same box, because I suppose it'd be a very big box if it did have all those <coughs> in there. But the um, the Serastus Knight um, Acheron, which is a flamer-based knight with a massive flame, like a chainsaw thing, and the castigator, which is a kind of like bolter and sword. I absolutely love the aesthetic of the Serastus knights, and to have them in plastic is so, so cool. Now, I guess the big question is, how poseable are the legs? It's hard to tell from the images. Well, the... Um, the, the the standard knights from GW all have the same leg pose, but looking at these pictures, I think there is a bit of variance to how they can go together. More like the um, the resin ones from Forge World. That's good. Yeah, I um I, I really like I've always liked the the lancer. Mm. Um, I, I think I'll be picking up a lancer for sure to add to my um, Horus Heresy army because you can always just ally them in. Um, it was weird because uh, obviously we knew I think we knew the the Night Lance was coming from Warhammer Fest mm. um, 
interesting. Like, I mean, out of all the models that are in resin that they could have released in plastic, the Knights weren't the top of that list for me. And not that I'm disappointed, but it, it, it's a bit. It, it did surprise me. I suppose it's an obvious one, isn't it? You have a core, a couple of frames for the body, and then all the different weapon variants are just an extra sprue, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so they're uh, by all accounts, they should be out soon. I think the, on the roadmap, it was the summer for yes. uh, the, the Knights to come out. Obviously, this is three different boxes. So uh, I will be painting these as House Malanax to march alongside my traitors. Um, if you picked up these three and three boxes of armages, I think that's a 3,000-point Knight Army. So it does make it a lot more um, achievable to do a Knight Army in, in Heresy. And the fact that you have to take two armages per big knight as well makes it a little bit more fun for your opponent as well because they're your the the, the armages are your line units that you can score, but obviously they're a lot easier for your opponent to kill as well. Uh, mm -hmm. Have you fought against armages yet, Matt? Uh, not in Heresy, no. They're like mini dreadnoughts. <laughs> yeah, I'm more worried about the armages than the knights. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but it should be should be fun to be able to use these, and that's a big kind of hole here in the preview was the lack of a Primarch, but uh, we'll talk about that at the end of this section, because I know you were expecting to see, well, I think we were all expecting to see a Primarch, weren't we? Uh, moving into Warhammer Underworlds, though, we got a new Warband. Now, we know that this season is not going to be, um, you know, a big box with scenery. There's going to be lots of smaller little releases, all still themed around the Gnarlwood. And we got the Monster Killers, who are a group of cruel boys who hunt and capture monsters. I've seen the cruel boys, you've got lots of kind of enslaved monsters, haven't you, acting as mounts? And these are the guys that run out and capture them. Dave, you are kind of like resident Uruk expert. What do you think of these chaps? Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan, I think. Uh, they're, they're very, very cool. I really like the monkeys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're uh, unexpected. Well, we saw the gorillas for the uh, the flesh eater court. So every <laughs> every warband war uh, warband war now it needs to have some monkeys in it. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the um, the the, the grot kind of holding a. I'm guessing uh, what's the is it called a, 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 a something vulture that the guy's mounted on that egg's probably uh, oh. got one of them that's going to hatch out to it. Yeah. Um, but I, I really like the look of the cruel boys. It's a bit more kind of like lanky, and I can see these like eventually replacing like the savage orcs. Mm. Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I, I do. They definitely have a, a unique aesthetic. They, they look a lot more sinister to me. Whereas like orcs are, are quite comical, slightly comical. You know, these guys look a bit more scary. I think. Yeah, they're not quite as kind of muscular but they're the more intelligent aren't they you could see yeah. these being quite vicious um rather than just like bashing things over the head these would like stab you in the back yeah and then you get attacked by the other two crawl boys that you didn't even see that were hiding <laughs> in the woods so yeah hopefully these are out soon because they look really really cool and um you need to play some some war cry dave it's amazing i've played some um, war cry i love it awesome also, this seems to be the preview that's focused around armies that you collect, Dave, because for Warhammer Underworlds, oh, we've got a brand oh, new Skaven Warband. Do you want uh, to tell us a little bit about these? Uh, yeah, they're awesome. Um, they're, they're Clan Pestilence. Um, so we've not seen any new Clan Pestilence models for decades. Um, these are a great little warband. I, I imagine they're going to be quite um, hard to... Not hard. They'll be, they'll be a... A unit that will take some mastering, I think, in Underworlds. But the character on these, maybe. yeah, 
they're so characterful. They look fantastic. You know what my favourite model is from this warband? Go on. The little rat that's holding a chunk of warp stone. Yeah. Who's actually a part of your warband. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. But yeah, these are really cool. And I hope that when... I mean, the, the Skaven aren't part of the old world kind of roadmap, are they? Which is a shame. Not I really hope no. that we see kind of... Because this kind of stuff, the old kind of plague monks, they, imagine a kind of a unit like this, it'd be so good. But yeah. on the plus side, these will have rules in, in Warhammer 40,000, as will the Crawl Boys as well. So you'll be able to add some new stuff to your army, which would be cool. Mm-hmm. Now, moving on to the old world, we only saw a single miniature, um, which, you know, a lot of people were disappointed by. They did announce that they were only going to show off a single miniature. But uh, what a miniature it is. It is a Bretonian Battle Standard Bearer. Uh, so this is a resin model. So I wasn't sure if it was plastic when we first saw it because it looks fairly static looking. But I think it's going more for the kind of regal, valiant knight kind of honest deed. Um, what do we think of this, guys? Oh, it's, a, it's a lovely model. Um, it is a lovely model, yeah. I mean, battle standard bearers are such an important part of Warhammer Fantasy mm. armies as well for the um, sort of um, the leadership and, and that kind of thing that they provide. Um, they form almost like a, an anchor point for your line, and, and this model's going to look really, really cool in that sort of position, I think. What I quite like about it, it's the, the this is, might sound silly, but it's quite flat from the side with the banner going behind him, so that when he's ranked up in a unit of Bretonian Knights, he's not mm. going to get in the way. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I, I can see this being a um, Golden Demon one with people going to town with heraldry on it. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, and it gives you a, it gives you a sort of flavour of, of of what the the sort of Bretonian range, especially the characters and things, are going to look like as well. You know, the the like you say for for hobbyists and painters, they're going to be really really cool to sort of go to town on. Yeah, they look like they've been like very specific in leaving those flat areas where you could put a big. The the so I don't know if you're looking on the website, but it's got a black segment on the kind of like lower kind of coat over the horse. There's a nice flat place there you could easily do like a fleur de lis or something. Yeah. Um yeah it looks really really nice. What do we think about this being in resin rather than plastic? I think with it coming from specialist games for me, I think that's going to be a given. You might get some core plastic kits for the armies, but I think a lot of the Maybe the characters and the monsters are probably going to be resin. Would you guys agree? Um, it follows the same sort of pattern for Horus Heresy, doesn't it? A lot mm-hmm. of the sort of special characters and things there are resin as well. And Necromunda 2, you've got the core kits in plastic. So yeah. uh, if we can get a resin uh, Battle Standard Bearer for each army, though, they'll be really nice to just paint up, won't they? Yeah, mm. they would, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and I mean, the quality, it's a nice sculpt. It's not like... Um, uh, the fine cast resin is that that it's decent quality resin these models that you get for the Horus Hosey Necromunda so yeah so apparently there'll be more to see from the old world later in the year so it's probably not going to come anytime soon but I'm still holding out for a 2023 release even if it's a little splash release at the end of the year because I think the next big release is going to be something a little bit smaller segues <laughs> quite nicely doesn't it <laughs> into uh, something I have been super excited for so regular listeners will know one of my all-time favourite Games Workshop games is Epic 40K. This was, at the time, 6mm, I think. Teeny tiny. And basically allows you to do, um, I guess, the equivalent of an entire army in 40K would just be like a tiny little squad in Epic where you would have like an entire Space Marine chapter with a Titan Legion Manipal support and an entire aircraft wing and a tank company is like your standard army. 
Um, and it, it's always been a question of when's it coming back. And they revealed this at the stream, uh, the first epic series. And it was interesting that it was branded like epic series down in the corner. Um, Legions Imperialis. So this is basically epic 30K. And this is the kind of the, the, the starter box for playing the brand new edition. This is a new game, but looking at some of the previews we've seen, there's a lot of the old Epic system that's come back and obviously they're using the Epic scale kind of logo on the box as well. So I do wonder if, if this is successful, we could see Epic scale, you know, Warmaster, Warhammer, like that. Warmaster mm. um, even 40K and get some like Xenos and stuff in there. Yeah. And I, I think we, we chatted about this and we were kind of expecting siege of terror or space marines versus space marines but they've done something quite interesting with this one and had two different armies in the box so you get the space marines and obviously if, if you can see the pictures for reference those little squads of five space marines are on 25 mil bases <laughs> that's <laughs> crazy so uh you get you get you know an assortment of space marines uh 223 miniatures but they're all teeny tiny um, <laughs> you get some predators in there you get some contemptors and you get some sicarans you also get a plastic solar auxilia army and i never <laughs> thought i'd say these words but here we go you get a plastic solar orcs army with a load of different infantry with all the different infantry options command squads you get the ogrins you get a new vehicle that's kind of introduced here with the the, the 30k heavy sentinel which looks quite different from the the 40k equivalent and I do wonder if the Solar Auxilia, I guess when the Solar Auxilia, get a plastic 40k release. I suspect we'll see that tank with them. We get Malkadors in there. We get Lehman Russers. And finally, we get two Warhounds equipped with new weapons. You've got plastic rocket pods. You've got a plastic Volkite gun. And you've also got the Ursus Claw for people who want to, uh, what was the line for that book? Release the Ursus Claws. Uh, but they're taking down the uh, trying to open up the um, eternity gate. Need sanguineous there. You do need sanguineous there. So, so I, I was really kind of surprised that it's it's essentially solar orcs with a titan versus space marines with a titan. But being quite clever, you could feel that as one army for uh, games of um, Imperialis as well. I am um, so. I love Adeptus Titanicus, but I've always wished they would release another faction, not just Imperial Titans, mm. or, you know, um, uh, well, they are Imperial and, and Traitor Titans. Um, there's no Xenos or anything like that. They could have done just Space Marines versus Space Marines, and I'm, I know you, you, you've talked about that previously, Matt, and yeah. it, it sounded like uh, exactly that's what they would do. Um you know, if you look at the Age of Darkness set, that, that was two Space Marine armies that you could combine into a single Space Marine army. It's really, really cool that they've introduced straight from the bat a second faction. So what you can cool. have... What you don't have in the Age of Darkness boxes, say if I bought a box and you bought a box and I wanted to do Solar Auxilia and you do Space Marines, we could just trade the other half yeah. and then have a really big army of just one of those factions too. Exactly, mm. yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm really pleased that straight from the bat they've got this variety there. And... Um, you know, I'm hoping we see pretty quickly um, uh, Talons of the Emperor. Well, they um, said they said that at launch the there's going to be a lot of plastic kits coming out. So, you know, Mechanica might be yeah. on the way. Uh, it, it could be that the initial releases are rounding out the options for these two armies. And then in three months time, they do a Mechanicum release. The, the good thing with this, I imagine, like all the infantry, is probably on a single sprue. 
because they're so small. So you can the equivalent of doing a gang box for Necromunda could be an entire army for um for this. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have your tanks and stuff as, as other kits, or you know, maybe you have Bane Blades and Resin and stuff. I'm really excited to see where this goes. And already they've shown off some new models that are coming as well. So the Direwolf Scout Titan came out last year, I think, in resin. And they've retooled it into plastic for this new game as well. Uh, it will also have rules in here for Adeptus Titanicus too. So a lot of people were worried that this would mean the end of Adeptus Titanicus. And I okay. guess Titanicus... It, it, this... Titanicus, I guess, is focusing on just the Titan battle where um, Legion's Imperialis is the camera zooming back and seeing like the entirety of the Siege of Terror all in one go. So while Titanicus has got that kind of more, uh, kind of the, 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 the more chunky energy management and stuff, that probably won't be in Legion's Imperialis, but you'll still be able to use those same models. And I think that's a really nice way of doing it. Um, the same applies to Aeronautica, which as we've been saying for years, is also in exactly the same scale. Now, what they have said is that for the time being, all of the Xenos things are leaving the range for um, Imperialis, uh, for right. Aeronautica. So that kind of makes sense. If the focus is going to be this game, you can't use those Eldar flyers or those Tau flyers in them, unfortunately. But the models still exist for them. And if this is popular, and again, we've got that concept of this being an epic scale series game, who knows? We, we might get, you know, once they've gone through all these releases, what have you got? Mechanicum, Demons, um, Talons of the Emperor? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They could potentially do all those factions for this game within the space of a year, and then next year release a 40k box. You've already got a load of armies already accounted for then, and then you start releasing Eldar, Orcs, Tau, Tyranids. Yeah, yeah. So I, think I hope they, so. I really hope so. If it's popular, I think I think this would be good. Because um, so, then, then you're going to potentially see like Revenant Titans, Orc Stompers yeah. as well, or stuff like we've seen in this, where you know, brand new stuff that doesn't exist in the game yet. Yeah, massive stuff that you couldn't feasibly do. Yeah, but I, I, I've got a feeling this will be popular. A lot of historicals um, have been at this scale over the years because it lets you do that grand sweep of a massive kind of battle. And we mentioned, I think we mentioned even on the last podcast that you've already got that um, that existing scenery for um, hmm. uh, Titanicus. And they mentioned during the battle that some of the guns are so you know destructive. You build a building intact and a building ruined, and the the, the weapons can destroy the buildings. So maybe nice. you've got a unit in that building, then you swap that building out for a ruined one. I think it's going to be really, really cool. The big box has got the big core epic battles rule book in there as well. So I don't know at this time whether that contains all the rules for everything. I assume it does. But then, you know, could we see a similar situation to Horus Heresy where you can then get supplemental books with the more kind of uh, granular stuff? So maybe there's Legion specific stuff. We're at that scale. You don't necessarily need to release a Just Darren kit, do you? Just paint your Terminators black. Yeah. Um, from a painting point of view as well, I think this is going to be really accessible and easy to paint. I know, Dave, you've been like, oh, that seems scary painting at this scale. You can't see the details at that scale. So you can just spray it white, slap a yellow contrast over it, and there you go, you've got an Imperial Fist army. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I personally feel you need to make those tiny little 
details to to make them look but if really they're only, good. If they're only like less than a centimeter tall, I know, I know. I mean, what does really appeal, and I think this is um, going to be something that's going to appeal to a lot of people who maybe like me and are worried about having loads of little little tiny uh, marines, um, is building like a tank company or, or getting those titans and those planes. This, it's still going to be an accessible system, even if you want to paint something at a bit bigger scale. Yeah, so the, the way old Epic worked was in detachments. So your equivalent of your um, tank company army for your Dark Angels, Dave, you'd buy that entire army as a choice for your army, and boom, there you go, I've got all these tanks. Mm. Obviously, you don't have the army that's building works in this, but they kind of implied it was the same kind of thing, mm-hmm. where you'd buy, I don't know, the contents of the Age of Darkness box as just a unit on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this one. Um, if it's similar to how the old kind of Epic game works as well, where you've got alternating activations and order dice. They had another article where they kind of talked about some of these things. It looks like that's much in play. So you might give an order for a unit to move at the double or another unit to hunker down and shoot. You do all that in secret and then reveal what they've done and then you alternate activating them. So similar to Adeptus Titanicus, that's part of the strategy, activating in the right order. Mm. So I, yeah, I think this will be fun. You've played this yeah. Uh, I've never played Epic. No, um, I'm sort of aware of it, and I'm aware of the sort of scale and, like you say, the sort of detachments and building blocks of your army. Uh, I'm really looking forward to um, to playing it. I'm really looking forward to recreating battles like uh, the Saturnine Wall. Yeah. Um, you know, the battle at the Eternity Gate, where you know you read in the book and you just can't comprehend the scale that, of the forces that are in play, and as much as I like the Horus, I love the Horus Heresy game, you don't get that scale from it. You know, it's very much small engagements in a cityscape or around a bunker or something like that, rather than mass warfare on, like, four different fronts with god engines and air support. And um, and I think you still get that bit of that, that personal feel as well, because you do have character stands. Yeah, you do, you do have. Um, I mean, they haven't shown any here, but I'm assuming if it's anything like the old Epic, you'll have Primarchs. Yeah, Epic Primarchs were the Primarch models came out for Epic first before anything. So yeah. I'd eat my hat if they don't have Primarchs. I'd also eat my hat if they don't release some kind of campaign system that switches between games of Imperialis and Heresy. Yeah. So you have the Siege of Terror. You have a big, you know. It's probably only a 2,000-point Imperialis game, but it'd be the equivalent of like a 50,000-point 30k game. But then in the next mission, you zoom in to like a specific part of the battlefield, and then events in that then impacts the wider battle around it. Yeah. I, I mean, they could have some great fun, couldn't they, at Warhammer World with some narrative events? Oh, I, I, you know what? That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? You have a massive battle, and you could even have all the other tables representing some of the battles that are going on in the table and then maybe give them an advantage in the yeah the kind of grand strategy <coughs> version that'd be so cool so yeah i am i am super excited for this and by all accounts i don't think it's far off either they were saying so uh there might be tiny space marines in the future very soon <laughs> so yeah i think on, on the whole it was a, it was a good preview Is anyone got anything that they want to add i know we've covered most bits was anyone disappointed was there anything you'd like to see i mean i guess the uh, the elephant in the room is the primark that we know is coming in the next what month or two yeah. we didn't I mean, see that. I, I, I really thought we were going to see that and i, I really want to see that 
Um, I mean, the only positive is that we can still talk about it and guess about it, and we're having all these, well, it could be that, and all these theories and things, you know. So uh, that's the only plus. I- I'm surprised we never saw it. I- I'm wondering whether there's going to be another preview where we see that, or is it just going to be released? I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I wonder. If, if, if Imperialis is, like, in the next month, and obviously the Dawnbringer Crusades and the, the Cities of Sigmar, maybe on the other side of those quite big releases for AOS and obviously Horus Heresy, we then see a big wave, you know, a big preview for the next batch. Yeah. I mean, we've obviously, we, we know there's a new army coming for Horus Heresy, a new plastic army, so... Well, I wonder, based on this, I wonder if it's the Solar Auxilia, Jay. Uh, I know, yeah, could be, couldn't it? Because you get this box, you're like, oh yeah, these are cool. Like, oh, you like them in Imperialis. Now you can get them in 28 mil scale. Yeah, without having to spend seven thousand pounds. That's a mission then. Can somebody who's got more time on their hand than me work out how much it would cost to buy the army <laughs> in the Imperialis box at 28 mil scale? <laughs> you wouldn't want to show the wife, basically, would you? No. Absolutely not. And on that bombshell, I think that wraps up that segment. I, I for one, can't wait for those Skaven. Um, they're going to be awesome to paint, and I really fancy some Underworlds as well. So perfect timing for those. And um, We are pushing on in the podcast now, but we've got a couple of segments left, including our interview with the Battlebox guys, which is up next. And so we move on to this week's interview for this week's podcast. And we're chatting with Ali and James from The Battle Box. Good evening, guys. Good evening. Hello. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode. Um, So I think, really, we should start with a few introductions. Um, Ali, do you want to start us off? Um, Who are you? What are you into? And um, what's The Battle Box? Yeah, sure. So my name's Alistair uh, or Ali, and um, basically I'm into a bit of a bit of everything, really. Um, so I've sort of fairly, not really recently, recently, maybe eighteen months ago, started playing um, playing Warhammer as the actual game rather than rather than the painting side. As like a child, um, I got into sort of painting, and then sort of came back to it after a bit of time. Um, and then yeah, the Battle Box is uh, a monthly wargaming subscription box essentially it's got all the items you could you could sort of need and like little bits that we might think that people wouldn't normally have used um and things like that so it could be like paints brushes more like actual tabletop gaming items um and stuff like that really yeah excellent and james could you tell us a little bit about uh, about yourself and your kind of hobby background yeah of course um again reasonably similar to ali sort of um was into Warhammer as a as a child. Started out with Lord of the Rings uh, back in I think was it sort of two thousand and three time when when all oh, that yeah. came out. <laughs> those were the days. I remember uh, those ma- those magazine series. Uh, I remember yeah. going into my local Smiths and we I used to get them like delivered into like a filing cabinet. Yeah. Oh yeah, they were the days. Yeah, we had a, the, the local news agents in the village. We used to go down me and a, a friend and pick it up every week, and it was um yeah it was crazy to to build the army like that and that excitement of grabbing it and, and, you know, that model or what is it this week yeah. or whatever, because, you know, we didn't have the internet back then or we didn't have <laughs> all the, the, the pre-releases or the, you know, the gossip of what's coming next from Instagram or whatever. So it was that pure 
pure excitement. excitement. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, had a bit of a, a break, sort of 10, 15 year break. Um, then during lockdown, just instead of playing computer games every night, I thought, you know, I want to do something a bit creative. And uh, mm. I picked up a, a starter set, start painting set, uh, the Stormcast one. I think it's got one, maybe two Stormcast models in it. Um, and yeah, just pick, picked it up from there, then got Dominion Box. Um, and that then pushed me down the Stormcast route. And sort of here we are today <laughs> excellent excellent stuff uh, so good to hear you both sort of play the hobby um i think we'll talk a little bit more about the battle box obviously ali you kind of um gave us a brief overview of of, of you know what what it is sure. um do you want to tell us a little bit more about sort of the cost and maybe a little bit more of a deep dive into what kind of things we can expect because it's a it's basically like a mystery box isn't it i think we call them loot boxes a few different yeah, companies exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, uh, at the minute, we're running our, well, it was a Kickstarter, but now it's actually just uh, through our website. Um, and essentially, the first is we're sort of calling it a pre release, pre release box. Um, it's £30 right now. And then after pre release, it'll go up to £30.99 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so essentially, our our box our box is just um we're gathering all the sort of popular brands um within the within the hobby so we've talked to the community pre this release and sort of uh you know gathered um sort of ideas on what people would like and like to see in the box um and was this kind of, that's kind of an ongoing thing you know like we're not really we're not set on anything it's not going to be i don't think like a lot of loot boxes that you see out there where you know it's the same sort of thing each month and mm-hmm. it just differs by like the the specific you know color of paint or something like that like we're really gonna um and we are pushing for like very different boxes each month um so for example this first month um is sort of just like like kind of an introduction to to sort of us and who we are so it's got little little personalized items by us but then it also has like some of the popular brands that that everyone knows and loves so two thin coats um some smaller brands like deep cut studio um what else have we got on there um uh, rival crafts another that's it, sort rival of crafts. smaller uk company um but their products are absolutely awesome yeah. race we um we, we use a lot of their uh, grass tufts and stuff on our bases exactly, so yeah 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 no, they're really cool and yeah so we've got rosemary and co in there um we've got another uk um base company called counter-attack bases um a bit from tt combat and then yeah some just of our of our own stuff in there as well um so yeah like i say it's sort of we're, we're, we're mixing it up each month just to keep it fresh um as much as we can so for example in next month's box um we're sort of looking at maybe uh well something actually the kind of the idea is sort of a mystery box like you said so so maybe we won't re- sort of say specifically <laughs> what next month is but but yeah, it will be very different to the first month, for example. Well, if you look into a theme each box is then with a kind of theme behind them or just like a, a random mix of stuff in them. Yeah, I was just going to say that to be fair, just following up on what Ali said there about the, the box too. Um, we're sort of planning on you know, giving people a rough idea of some of the brands that, that could be in the boxes. So like this pre-release one, you know, we've done some posts on Instagram about um, you know, expect something from this brand and something from this brand and something from this brand, but there will be boxes moving forward. You know, we've discussed having dedicated basin boxes, um, so it's just purely mm. basin materials, or 
um, speaking with a, a miniature company that, that 3D print miniatures and saying, look, you know, uh, uh, can we include your miniatures and include in maybe two or three or four or five, you know, whatever the budget allows us to do, um, doing that. And I mean, again, we've even spoken to some golden demon painters and said, like, would you be interested in doing some tutorials, uh, you know, like a bit of a, a PDF or a, or a document that we can include in the box. So, you know, you can follow a tutorial on how to do non-metallic gold and will include everything you need to do non-metallic gold or weathering or you know basing again you know whatever that might be so yes we are going to try and, and theme some of the boxes um and again that sort of not a hundred percent mystery but a little bit of that surprise element at the same time yeah that's i really like the idea of that because it kind of gives you the i guess the little the little pdf guide but then the tools to do that in that same box i think that's quite fun mm. Yeah, and again, I think there's um, you know, there's there's some other boxes when we've been doing our, our research. There's some some other companies that that do similar things, but they focus purely on miniatures. So mm. they do they they release monthly boxes with exclusive miniatures from different brands. But like Ali mentioned, you know, we're going to be doing you know anything from wound dials and combat gauges to miniatures, paints, brushes, you know, covering hopefully every aspect of the hobby. And I think I think I prefer that because you can use little bits of that in different, you know, a, a miniature you can only kind of use in one system potentially or for one purpose. Where if you're mixing stuff in, like you say, wound markers and paints and things, you're going to be using them across your your various hobbying, aren't you? And and that's only a good thing, I think. Um, and I like the fact you're going to keep the kind of the future boxes you know mysterious because you kind of touched upon it with the lord of the rings magazine series there's not enough surprise nowadays is there yeah um yeah. the amount of stuff online now where you can you know video games are getting spoiled before you even put it in your xbox um, exactly <laughs> so you've got to keep that little bit of level of uh of little intrigue mm -hmm. well, that's it excellent um so um you obviously mentioned you've you kind of coming on to your, your next box have you got any kind of grand plans or, or or anything else with the battle box you know once you've kind of found your feet and you've got a few subscribers under your belt i think yeah we've we've spoke about it recently haven't we james where um we're sort of looking at in our local town um we have there is a club that we go to um but it is just sort of in the top room above a pub and it's a mm. bit dark and you know <laughs> has you its know, benefits it's not, though <laughs> yeah i mean it's a lot cheaper because you know they get it for free one night a week but it's only open one night a week so we're sort of talking about the idea of of potentially sort of opening up shop in an actual oh. physical physical place and then having you know tables and making sure that people can game in our local town you know any night of the week um so that would be like a battle box run sort of place maybe where we would sort of run our operations as well so that could be quite useful um so we've got that sort of in the pipeline that's sort of just churning away but again it's obviously it's a it's quite a big a big Pine step tree. so <laughs> well that's it isn't it um but more sort of like short term it's more just community driven stuff really um we want to obviously gauge a lot of, of engagement but but you know being part of the community we want to you know uh, grow it and and make it you know more of like an accessible place so um for example we've got a discord but we want to start running sort of like competitions from there based on our boxes and um, nice. so that might be like a like a painting competition for example and then using the products we give you for that month you know run a competition who does the best paint job with those you know items and then that person gets like 
a free month subscription box or something like that. Oh, um, yeah, I really like the idea of like you theming a competition around what was in that mum's box. That's a really good idea. Sure. Yeah, it's just like we touched on that. You know, if we're including a guide to do non-metallic metal, um, you know, everyone gets what they need, and it's like right, you know, put your stuff in, have a bit of a vote, see, you know, see what you want to do, and and everyone can can vote on it who's who's the best one, and then we can give that person a, a free box. Yeah, that's cool. Would you look to have like a I don't know Discord community or social media to kind of run all that on then? So, so we do have a Discord, yeah. We do have a Discord community at the minute. Um, it's not like the most active Discord ever, but I think there are quite a few people. I, I know James is definitely more active than I am, but we're definitely, you know, in the in the near future, planning on, like I say, once the boxes start to release, um, running that, you know, pretty pretty constantly, yeah. Awesome. And you guys aren't too far off the uh, the first box release now. What's the reception been to obviously the initial Kickstarter and now the kind of, I guess, the general release coming on the website? Do you want to cover that, James? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, initially, um, we, like Ali said earlier, we did quite a bit of chatting to the community, seeing what people's thoughts were and feedback was. And I think we actually did a poll, just going back to the surprise element on, on Instagram about do people want to know or do people want a surprise? And it was virtually 50-50. So that that threw us off a bit in the start. And, you know, how do we run it? Do we release all the things? And it was a bit of a a bit of a whirlwind. A but slow burn, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and we sort of had the, the, the hiccup recently with, with Kickstarter. You know, we, we launched the project on there. I think we were fully funded in in yeah. sort of the first five days. If that eighty three percent funded in the first twenty four hours, so oh wow, yeah, that was, yeah, it's pretty great. Um, yeah. But then I think was it last weekend or, or last this sort of this time last, last Friday, week? Yeah. Um, Kickstarter had emailed us to say that we'd breached some of their rules because it's not an exclusive product that we've actually created. We, we're essentially going to be reselling some of the items in the box mm -hmm. that that is a breach of, of their terms which you know again was maybe a bit of an oversight from from us you know all excited getting it started setting it up mm -hmm. things like that um and, and we decided to then move over from that well, well we didn't have any choice you know they, they said they were going to be closing the kickstarter so mm -hmm. we then had to you know get get all systems go on the website and and sort of re-release the shop and, and get that ready to, to accept and sort of set up all the payment gateways because again we thought we would have a bit of time, time to do yeah. that <laughs> yeah. but we had to sort of do it in in sort of 48 hours which was a bit of a nightmare we had some some long nights um but but generally sort of anyone that had pledged over on kickstarter has you know Pretty followed much, us yeah. across onto the website so that's good yeah, I yeah. think we generated 2,400 in the end, at the end of the Kickstarter. Um, and I think we've got just shy of, of 1,000 now back. So, mm -hmm. so you know, we're, we're nearly 50% of the way there. I think to, to touch on, so you were looking sort of for like a time or a date, uh, we were originally planning on releasing on the 8th of this month. Um, but I think we're probably going to delay it a week just to, on the basis that we've lost 50% of the funding due to the Kickstarter being closed. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at we're looking at the the following Friday, so the 14th. I I don't think you guys are alone in. I mean, we've interviewed a few people who have, have had Kickstarter projects, and I don't think we've spoken to a single person who hasn't encountered some sort of uh, hiccup <laughs> or complication that they um that you know they were you know they weren't expecting. So I yeah. don't think you guys are alone in that aspect. Um, yeah. 
we'll, we'll mention it now. Obviously, it'll be in the podcast notes and stuff. But can you uh, can you tell our listeners um, what the website link is? Yeah, sure. It's www.albox.co.uk. Fantastic. We'll pop it in the podcast notes and on the the website post as well, um, so people can can check that out and and get on board with the first box. Um, because oh, I guess you. eventually you'll have like a cut off for that ready for the next box. Yeah. So again, like Ali Ali just mentioned there, we, the original um, end date was actually uh, this Saturday, the eighth, is what we set on Kickstarter. But but with that hiccup last weekend, we sort of last Thursday, Friday, we we sort of said to people, you know, stop stop pledging and you know stop giving us uh, as money here because we're going to have to move to a different platform so i think we're actually going to extend it by a week so that the, the final day will be uh friday the 14th um of, of july excellent excellent stuff um so yeah uh well like i say we'll put all the links and stuff in the, the podcast notes so people can check that out and I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how you guys um get on with the the first box and and see what sort of inside um I love kind of loot boxes and stuff. I used to have some video game ones, and um, the idea of having a miniature one sounds uh, sounds absolutely amazing. Um, we'll, we'll kind of touch upon a bit of your kind of like hobbying, shall we say, uh, kind of what sure. you do in your spare time. Um, yeah. I believe, um, I think it was you, was it you, James, mentioned that you, you've actually got your first tournament this coming weekend. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, an Age of Sigmar tournament um, at Glasshammer Gaming in Telford. Oh, yeah. Um, called the Shropshire Slaughter. Um, so, yeah, I mean, just touching back on, like I say, when I was a kid and the Lord of the Rings stuff, it was a lot of the time me and my friend, we would meet up and he, he had all of his Rohan horses and I had all of my Urukai spears and I had them in, uh, you know, a, a double line all the way across the board and <laughs> we would literally sort of put our arms behind them and shuffle them forward, roll a few dice. So it wasn't really playing, you know, it was definitely... <laughs> didn't have many many rule books open when we were doing that um but again as ali mentioned earlier we sort of both got back into the hobby at a, a similar time we worked together we, we sort of but you know play games together so we, we we sort of pretty good friends outside of, of work and and you know in i think it was maybe in work one day i mentioned to him oh, i've picked up warhammer again and he, he said mm. oh, no way and um i i think the first couple of battles we actually had was with my dominion box set yeah because yeah. obviously you get the two halves, and mm. um, I think I forced Ali to play the orcs because <laughs> yeah. I wanted, to, I wanted to be yeah. Stormcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Ali pulled the short straw there a few times. Um, but but yeah, so leading up to that, like I said earlier, but I think before the podcast, I, I got the, the Dominion box set, painted that up. Um, and just sort of from there, I've been slowly and but surely adding um models to that army i think i've got about three three and a half thousand points of stormcast nice. now um i said as well from the day one I, i'd never i'll never have a pile of shame i'll never have any great models <laughs> i've bought this box i'm not buying anything else until it's all painted um and now i've got two and a half thousand points of necrons um unpainted waiting <laughs> half the, the oryx half of dominion waited to be painted i've got the me and ali have just split the leviathan box i've got the space marine half of that to be painted um i've won a few miniatures and competitions on instagram so i've got all them to be painted <laughs> so the pile of shame is, is a real thing and you know anyone that thinks they can battle it you just can't just just accept it <laughs> Just it's a slippery it, slope, it. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Just let it happen. Yeah, let it happen. Embrace it. 
there's going to be so many podcast listeners nodding along going, yeah, yeah, know exactly how that feels. I mean, yeah. I'm sat in my geek room at the moment. I'm surrounded by unpainted miniatures. Um, so, yeah, there's, um, it is unfortunately a, a, a real a real thing. But good luck in your tournament. I'm sure you'll oh, do absolutely you. fine with the old, uh, the old Stormcast. Actually, that's one of my um, armies that are currently sat on sprues waiting to be built. Okay. Um, thanks to the Stormbringer series uh, of magazines yes. yeah, and yeah. Dominion. So, yeah. Um, Oh, brilliant! I've managed to pick up a few cheap Stormcast models from from the well, the the Stormbringer magazines. Mm. Um, one of the other discords that myself and Ali are in. Um, a few of the guys on there have got it. I haven't actually subscribed to it myself because, again, I I just said I've got too much. <laughs> I've got too much. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, some of the guys that have said, "Oh, I don't want to paint these," or "I'm never going to do this or that." Um, you know, they've sent me there, or I've bought their models off them from from the magazines. Mm. You know, ones that I sort of particularly needed or wanted to run in, you know, this list. I think um, I bought a squad of Vindictors off one of the lads and I'm taking that to the tournament this weekend. So nice. that was one of the, the panic painting things this week that I was doing, <laughs> getting them ready to go. You're not going to a tournament unless you're panic painting something a couple of days before you go. Uh, that's <laughs> well, the way exactly. I was. I always approach tournaments. I'm not sure if that's yeah. the right way or not. Well, um, there was a, a guy in the WhatsApp group that they've got for it saying yesterday saying that he's half of his army's still unbilt. So at least I'm not in that boat. <laughs> well, I, feel, I feel that I've got a Horus Heresy doubles with Jay a week on Saturday, and the entire army needs painting. So it's going to be a fun week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've just had that week, so I don't envy you at all. <laughs> so, Ali, did you follow James into Age of Sigmar, or what's what's your primary kind of hobby interest? I did, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, um, like he was, like James was saying earlier, he got the Dominion box set, um, and yeah, for the first few battles. Um, I, I sort of used his Oric Warclans and um, yeah, I think I'm the sort of person sort of, I love jumping around hobbies. I've done lots of different things and, and I know what I'm like. I go all in or nothing. So, um, <laughs> and being a, a very pricey hobby, I sort of wanted to give it a bit of time to make sure that, that, um, that when I got back into it, it was something I definitely wanted to do. And so I, like, like I said earlier, we sort of gave it 18 months and then, and then I, yeah, la uh, last just before last Christmas, um, I got my first box set. Um, and I was really, really sort of torn between between two box sets. I kind of wanted to try out sort of as many armies as I could. So I was trying to get one of the ones um, where you get two in one. Um, and I was sort of stuck on Fury of the Deep or, um, or Echoes of Doom. And I actually ended up tossing a coin because I just could not decide uh, <laughs> on which to get. So, I, and it landed on Echoes of Doom, thank God, uh, because I now collect Skaven. Um, oh, great so, choice. Yeah, brilliant choice. Honestly, I absolutely love them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I was sort of playing a bit with, um, toying with the idea of maybe doing Sylvaneth. But but yeah, I just, you know, I started painting some of these Skaven models, um, just a just a pack of twenty clan rats to begin with, and I just loved them. I just love the way they look, you know, just rats, isn't it? It's just rats, and yeah. So um, I've now got about three and a half thousand points of Skaven, and um, yeah, like uh, like James said, uh, I have a very sizable um, pile of shame too. Um, <laughs> it's just so easily done, isn't it? I've just gone absolutely yeah. um, head first. Um, but recently, like you said. Um, uh, we've got that that new Leviathan box set, so I've been uh, build, building up some Tyranids, um, and I'm going to sort of look at building maybe at least a 1k army to begin with. Uh, I'm definitely going to be 
soon at 2k for sure um so so yesterday i, I bought a parasite of more treks um that i built up um but yeah i mean oh, man i just i could i just love it all i, I can never really decide but i you know skaven is sort of definitely where my heart's at um first first true love well that's it isn't it <laughs> and sort of i kind of want to go down like quite uh one of the guys um, who runs the club um for us he has i'm forgetting what the the zombie army called is it is called now soul blights yeah, yeah soul blights that's it and he's sort of done them custom where he's removed the zombies heads and changed them for pumpkins um, and it's <laughs> which and it looks great it honestly looks great <laughs> um and so it sort of inspired me to sort of do like um a skaven army around cheese so i bought a load of of, of like model cheeses um and i'm gonna build my army around around that so oh, um I'm sort of, yeah i thought it'd be quite fun and maybe i'd do some mice trap like terrain and stuff like that um so it's sort of like an ongoing thing where i'm just torn between painting my models playing and then and then sort of doing that sort of project so so yeah we, i mean we need to see these when they've done you're going to send us some pictures yeah, absolutely i mean i've got some objective markers already done on my instagram um which are which are cheese objective markers and i think they look pretty cool um check them out post yeah. yes for sure <laughs> piles of cheese yeah that's it <laughs> So yeah, I mean that's sort of what I'm working on right now. I also got myself a little over two thousand points of Gloom Spike gits. Um, I played against someone who used some Gloom Spike one time, and they just look great fun. They're really cool models. They're obviously very different Skaven. Skaven are very dirty and ratty and sewery, and then and then obviously they're really bright and bright mushrooms and you know all sorts. So I, I bought some some resin printed mushrooms on Etsy, and I painted them all up, and and yeah, so I'm sort of looking at doing them but it's one of those things isn't it where i've got like three armies now that i want to work on and it's like what do i do next and yeah. i've got a couple of days off at the minute and i'm torn between what i've been doing so um yesterday i started building um thankful on bone ripper and he's great i used him for the first great. time last week yeah he's really really cool um so yeah that's kind of it really Just, and uh, you know what, what's what's not gonna help as well is as you get stuff in the battle box it's yeah. going to inspire you to do other things like you say oh, convert yeah. and use the different oh, yeah. bits and pieces you know, you'll be putting them in people's boxes like actually i could use that myself you know to yeah. convert <laughs> up another sigmar army so yeah, uh, so yeah unfortunately i think you're spiraling into a a bit of a whole excellent excellent stuff um look guys before we um we wrap up this interview and and, and let you run off uh, we need to ask you uh well two really important questions that we ask everybody that we have on the podcast we need to know what your favorite sprue is and what your favorite brew is who would like to start come on james you go you okay go. i'll start yeah so brew wise um very controversially i don't drink hot drinks i don't do tea or coffee um, if I have a hot chocolate, I let it go cold. So um, I would actually say brew-wise, Pepsi Max. I, I love a Pepsi Max. Can strong choice, man. Strong choice. Or, yeah, you know, just, yeah. But but sort of brew-wise, I know typically being British, a brew would be a cup of tea. But for, for me, that's, um, it's a no-go. <laughs> How um, do you wake up in the morning? I have to have my coffee. <laughs> I have to have my coffee. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, uh, everyone says that at work. Everyone's like, "Oh, we're going for a coffee," and I'm sort of sat there like, oh, "See you in a minute, then." <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and then sort of sprue wise again, um, I would say 
when I opened the Dominion box, obviously having not been in the hobby for so long, opening that Dominion box and seeing Yindrasta and the wings and, you know, seeing the pictures of the finished model of that, that was one of the moments where I thought, wow, you know, this is, this is really cool. Um, and again, she features very heavily in all of the lists and, and games that I play because I just really love the lore around her and, and the way that she plays. So I'd, I'd say that that Yindrasta sprue is, is definitely my favourite by far. Excellent. And what about you, Ali? What's your favourite sprue and brew? My favourite sprue and brew. So I actually am partial to a, to a hot drink. And it's a really close tie, I think. Um, recently, my girlfriend showed me for the first time chamomile tea, which I've never had before. And I absolutely love it now. Um, <laughs> so chamomile tea is really high up there. And then other than that, it's... Um, it's actually a hot chai tea, spice mm. chai tea. It's really, really good if anyone hasn't tried it. Um, so that'd be my top, maybe joint top brews. But but um, when it comes to sprues, yeah, like um, like James said, so I started um, um, collecting Skaven. And um, just want it just it's, it's mainly based on like playing and then just the way it looks as well. I've got to say the Death Master for me is just such a cool model. He's only a little hero, but... But yeah, I just think like the detail in some of this, some of the Clanation uh, assassin models just looks so great, and him on top of that little archway, and I've sort of put him over like um, I've used some AK um, sort of like swamp stuff to to make nice. it all like yeah, and he just looks awesome. Um, I've just ordered another one from Element Games, and and I'm gonna do like a little different style, but but yeah definitely the death master he's so he's cool. a, a very good model when i when i finally started my skaven army that i've been dreaming of for years i think he was one of the first models i painted and that was it then i was down the 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 no hole as he would say oh. um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> rapidly i haven't painted any for a while because I, I painted so many in such a short space of time for a for a tournament um that i haven't actually painted any since but i do need to get back on the old skaven because they're a fantastic oh, yeah. army and if you listen to gw we need some more new models as well <laughs> so yeah, um Ivan, I bring it up. Yeah, they're bringing out that new, uh, that new box, aren't they, of Skaven? Yes. Which yes, one was they it? Are. The um, for uh, what? Uh, no, it was Underworlds, wasn't it? Yeah, Underworlds, that's it. And Pestilence. It looks great. Yeah, that's it. And they look great. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely going to get my hands on one of them. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Excellent. Well, guys, it's been an absolute privilege to have you on the podcast. Um, we wish you all the best with the Battle Box. We'll be posting about the Battle Box over on spruceandbruce.com. We'll have Brilliant. all the links so you can check out how you can subscribe. Um, I think you've got to meet the team on there. You can find out more about the company um, in the podcast notes and on the, the podcast website post as well. Um, and yeah, I, I hope everything goes uh, fantastic with the first box. I can't wait to see what you guys have uh, got in treat for people in those boxes no no thanks, thanks so much no thanks, thanks for having us. Yeah. brilliant no problem thanks, thanks for joining us um right we're not done with the podcast yet though because we do have the top three coming up next We 
we are getting right towards the end of this week's episode however we do have time for this week's top three and for this week's top three we're going to be picking out our favorite models from the recently released leviathan box for 10th edition now this is i know we say this every week but it was a really difficult choice because there are lots of fantastic brand new miniatures within this box but i think we've managed to do it haven't we guys i think we've managed to nail it down to three it's been hard but i think we've got there excellent well i'm gonna i'm gonna go first um, and i'm gonna go and choose a space marine for my third choice and i'm gonna go for the captain in terminator armor if only because he stood on uh, an alien head, which is very, very cool. But not just for that reason. He he is just a simply awesome model. It, it always surprised me, like, the amount of, like, Captain and Terminator models we probably had. Um, they still managed to make them more epic each time they release one. Um, so, yeah, he, he is absolutely fantastic. He's a, um, he's a big model as well. Very mm. imposing. Hmm. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Um, my second choice, I'm actually going to go for another Space Marine, uh, and I'm going to go for the new Lieutenant. Now, what really attracts me to this guy is the amount of <laughs> dead Tyranids he's got all over him. He's got, that sounds a theme here with this. You, <laughs> yeah, you're just feeling well, a bit bitter after my uh, Tyranids, aren't you? I am, aren't I? Um, the carapace on his shoulder, he's still on a head, he's got bits of tyranid coming off his blade he's pointing his blade at the next tyranid that's gonna face his wrath um this guy is screaming out to join the death watch so um so yeah he he looks at looks absolutely epic but matt i'm gonna surprise you here because my top choice is not a space marine my top choice is the reason i keep looking at the tyranids and that is the neuro tyrant neuro tyrant is tasty he is really, really cool. He's slightly smaller in person than I, I thought he was going to be when we first saw the pictures, but nonetheless, he is an amazing brainy bug with his two little... What are the two little things called that, that flank him? Uh, the, so they're basically, they're not a plain piece in game. You just use them to mark units. They're like little ah. nodes, and you basically you can give synapse to units, and you basically place one of those on the unit to show that it's got synapse. Very cool. Well, yeah, th- this guy is my number one choice. If I if I ever started Tyranids again, this guy would probably be one of the first units I painted for that army. Um, an amazing model. Uh, Jay, what's your top three? Um, so I'm going to start my top three with a Tyranid unit, and it is the Tyranid Barbgaunts. So this was a new unit for the Tyranids, and they're sort of like... Um, I, I, they remind me a little bit of the old Biovore with the sort mm. of cannon on his back but these are like cannons growing out of the shoulder and i think matt correct me if i'm wrong the two creatures aren't they that are sort of symbiotic and they are yeah multiple symbiotic creatures um that are kind of wired together and if you look at the model it's got like i think it's like three creatures in all one's kind of like the main like driver that's wired into the brain of the the beast and then wired into the gun and that thing's like controlling the two of them in in like um symbiosis yeah it's a really really interesting model to me and i think it's quite an unusual looking model i mean we've got the gaunts the the strike looking creature and things like that but this is it's really really alien looking i like it there's nothing else quite like it i think in the uh i think the closest thing to them would be the looters from the orcs with that same sort of profile with the guns (laughs) over the shoulder yeah um my second choice, though, is, uh, of course, the Terminators. 
Um, they are everything that you wanted a refreshed Terminator, uh, Terminator model to be. So they're, um, they've retained that sort of iconic silhouette, uh, the iconic sort of chunkiness of the armor. It's just been refreshed for, for 2023. Um, and I, I think they look really, really cool. And even that, you know, their push fit models in the, in the um, Leviathan set, um, if you're clever, you can mix and match some of the arms. So if you picked up two sets and you've got 10 Terminators, you can make them all look slightly different. Um, cool. I've also seen people online using them as Indomitus armor for Horus Heresy. So they've been mm. shaving off the Crux Terminatus and, and things like that um, and using mm. them in 30k as um, your, I think it's Indomitus armor, um, which were a troops choice in a, in a Horus Heresy army. And I thought at first, oh, they're, they're a bit big. I don't know whether they would look quite, would look right next to the rest of the Horus Heresy range. But of course, I've put them next to the Mark VI Marines that we get in the Age of Darkness set, and they're perfect. Really, really nice scale to them. So, um, yeah, it's really, really cool seeing what people are doing with the uh, Indomitus Terminators. Um, the, uh, my favorite unit from the box, though, is the brand new Stern Guard. Um, I love this kit. Um, I love all of the poses. I love the variety in the helmets that you get. I think they look great with the, the more, is it Mark 10? I can't remember what the, the primary armor mark is. Um, and also with the sort of traditional uh, Mark 8 or Mark 7 um, Terminator power armor helms. Um, I love the uh, combi weapons that they've got. I love the heavy bolter that one of the guys is carrying. I'm trying to think whether it's possible to just do like a first company Space Marine chapter with the Stern Guard. And I'm trying to think what chapter would be best to paint them up as. Do I just buy more units and paint them up as Ultramarines and do like a first company Ultramarine army? And I always said earlier, with the freedom that you've got in building armies in the new edition, it'd be really, yeah, you stick some more Terminators in there, Jay, as well. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe I'll do that. Some drop pods, Terminators. Dreadnoughts. Dreadnoughts, yeah, it's, uh, they're really, really cool. I'm really, really impressed with this Stern Guard. So, Matt, that just leaves you. What's your top three? Well, I'm going to start with something you mentioned, uh, Dave, the Neuro Tyrant. That's my number three choice. Again, for the, the reasons you got, it's very, very alien with all the gribbly tentacles and stuff. Kind of reminds me of the aliens out of Independence Day. Yeah. yeah. All the kind of no freaking tentacles beast. and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. So really, really cool. My number two choice, though, I'm surprised it's not been mentioned. It's the Von Ryan's Leapers. Mm. So these are like, I guess, the midpoint between a Hormigant and a Lictor. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I totally do an army of all kind of like gribbly stuff like that. I think it look really cool. Venom throats um, and stuff. See, yeah. if catachins get a new range mat, you need to do a catachin, thousand points of catachins, and a thousand points of these sort of Lictors and. Yeah, that'd be really cool. And you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if they did a kill team with. Yeah. I, I've said before, like a, a kind of first wave army with Gene Steelers and Lictors and Von Ryan's Leapers and you know that kind of stuff, skulking through the uh, the, the jungles. Yeah. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Fighting a load of catagens. Yeah, I'll be all over that. Um, but number one, it, it couldn't be anything else, could it? It's the Screamer Killer. <laughs> my favorite model from second edition given an absolute <clears throat> glow up to the point where you guys actually like the new um screamer <laughs> killer what how did the screamer killer perform in the game he screamed and he killed excellent he he, he did he did yeah he um i'm trying to think what he killed did he kill the ruggled dawn he killed no, he didn't. Ro- no, he didn't kill Rogaldon. He killed your um, your artillery squad with screaming. I think uh, he killed your yeah. sentinel. 
and then um, he, he probably would have carried on to kill the uh, the rogue or dawn, but I think we ran out of time. Yeah. So yeah, but no, Screamy Colette, it looks beautiful. I hope we get a multi-part one because I think two of them with the same pose look a little bit silly. Though I did notice that Warhammer World are doing a new display, and I think they've converted a couple. So I might have a look to see if I can get one in a slightly different pose, maybe. Yeah, well, when we're there next weekend, we can have a look. Yeah. So, yeah. Excellent. Cool. Yeah, I mean, like you say, the box is full of brand new, amazing-looking minis. It's hard to pinpoint three of them. But I think we've done a very good job. We've covered quite a few different units there. Uh, that is almost the end of the podcast, but we do have one final segment just to quickly cover. It's a community top three, and that's coming up next. So it is top three time, and I believe we've had some replies uh, on the old Twitter and something new as well, Matt. We have. So over on Twitter, Pete Allison says, the Terminator Librarian, seeing loads of ace conversions from him, the Neuro Tyrant and the Screamer Killer. Jakartor says, Terminator, Stern Guard and the Captain, uh, and he's painting them all as Blood Angels, Jay. Oh, good choice. Uh, Chrissy says, the Von Ryan Leaper number one, Von Ryan Leaper number two, and Von Ryan Leaper number three. They are beautiful. Uh, Mr. Vincent Notley says, the little Neurogaunts, the big Neurogaunt, and the Terminators. Uh, the real Iron Hand says the uh, Termagants. Nevermore says Von Ryan's Leapers, the Psychophage, and the new Terminators. Now, as um, Twitter seems to be spontaneously imploding from Elon Musk just throwing <laughs> petrol on it by the, by the look of things, um, threads by Meta launched today and we've actually got a couple of responses on there too i feel like an old person learning to use a phone for the first time <laughs> i will master this new uh, social media at some point but uh, ray rune says i uh, love it mine would be the brainy floating thing don't have the box to hand on it so its name has eluded me <laughs> yeah and i've put the uh, the neurotime will forever be called the brainy floating thing now kill the uh, brainy floaty thing <laughs> exactly bring it down uh, the Travelling Wargamer says the Von Ryan's Leapers are easily my favourite. I have six more on the way. Going to make an even dozen. That's really cool. And DPSZ Metic, it's a lot of letters, I don't know what that says, says uh, the, the Inferno Squad, as it means not having to paint plasma coils. Yeah, fair. The Apothecary, as at present can be included in wolfy subsets. So that's cool. You can do it as a space wolf. And number one, the floaty brain. So a lot of love for Von Ryan's Leapers and the Neurotyrant this week. Hmm. Good choices, folks. Good choices. Uh, That leads us to ask the question, Matt. What is next week's top three? Well, with us all getting very excited about teeny tiny space marines, uh, next week I want to know what models would you like to see in epic scale? And that can be you... from anything, any any system. Excellent. You can get your choices what in do you viral. Really think? <laughs> yeah. Um, you can get your choices in via all our social media channels um, we are going to give you a bit more of a heads up uh, next time to give you a little bit more chance to get in touch and yeah like Matt said give us a follow on uh, friends as well as that could be um, the, the new Twitter as, uh, as you quite eloquently put uh, Elon Musk is trying his best to, to just destroy um, so we'll uh, we'll see how that goes um, it's been a great podcast guys it's great doing this again It's it's been too long it has been too long. We'll be back in what two weeks, Dave? Yeah. We'll yes, absolutely. To that. 
Absolutely. With, uh, with our uh, Horus Heresy uh, event. So we can talk about yes. that. But yeah, that probably be that probably will be the subject of the next podcast, um, Horus Heresy event, and seeing how we get on at the double. So hey, yeah, stay maybe I'll have, maybe I'll have painted some Horus Heresy by then. Should we have a Horus Heresy special? Horus mm. Heresy special. So that's uh, you. You guys have got that to look forward to. Um, we'll be back soon. Uh, thank you for staying with us, and uh, yeah, have a great time hobbying. Speak to you all again very soon. Bye. 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 Bye.